Thank you, Charlie. If you have your Bibles, find Matthew, please. The seventh chapter of the Gospel according to Matthew. We'll begin reading at verse 7. Matthew 7, and we'll begin at verse 7. And these are the words of the Lord Jesus. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, those who seek find, and to those who knock, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? The acoustics were uh, amazing and the singing was beautiful. We were, we were in a chapel about 70 from our church about 18 months ago. We're in the chapel on the Mount of the Beatitudes. It's a beautiful chapel that is built, was constructed somewhere near, we don't know where he was standing, but somewhere near uh, or sitting the, where the Lord Jesus gave what we call the Sermon on the Mount. For the next few weeks, I'm going to take some selected sayings from that, uh, from that sermon. I'm calling it Fire on the Mount, but really I'm just taking some selected sayings from Jesus, uh, some of them hard to understand, some of them hard to follow, and we're going to talk about those, uh, those sayings from the Lord Jesus on that, that sermon overlooking uh, the Sea of Galilee. Today's uh, saying is uh, from Jesus, ask uh, and you'll receive and seek and you'll find and, and knock and the door will be opened to you. Now that's a pretty bold invitation. It seems a little bit like a, like a blank check, like a, like a guarantee. It sounds a little bit like name it and claim it. You know, you name what you want and you claim it in Jesus' name and it will be yours. It sounds a little bit like that. So let's pause before we go further uh, for clarity. God loves us so tenderly. He leans in to hear the cries of our hearts. God loves us so lavishly. Like a good father, he longs to give us good gifts. He loves us so powerfully, he would move heaven and earth to do good for us. But he loves us so wisely, but he will not give us the last word. One more time. God loves us so tenderly, he leans in like a loving parent to hear the, the cries of our hearts. He loves us so lavishly, he would, he would want to, as he said, if a, you ask a father for, he would even give you a snake. He, he loves us so lavishly, he wants to give us good things. He loves us so powerfully, he would move heaven and earth to do good for us. But he loves us so wisely, he will not give us the last word. He is too wise to make you and me in charge, or to let us be in charge of the universe. So we're to pray in his name. I want you to hear these, these verses carefully. John 14, Jesus says, 
I will do whatever you ask in my name. From John 16, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. To ask in Jesus' name is to ask according to his will, his heart, his purposes. James 4.3, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. In 1 John 5 is this clarifying promise. If we ask anything according to God's will, again, his plans, his intent, his heart, we know that we have what we asked of him. So a big part of prayer then is, is getting in tune with God. It is to ask with the right motives. It is to ask according to his heart. It is to think his thoughts as much as is possible for mere humans. It is to have our hearts beat with his heart as much as is possible for mere humans. It is to, to have our volition, our wills aligned with his as much as is possible for mere humans. So then we know, we know what he wants to do for us. Like we heard Kristen say, we know if we ask for extra Brussels sprouts, then mom or dad is going to, and dad's going to say, here, take mine is probably what dad is going to say. When our kids were small, when they asked for something, it depended on what they asked for, of course, and because I, at that point anyway, I knew better for them. So if they said, dad, would you, would you help us with our English homework? Well, yes, I, of course I would. Dad, would you drive us to Walgreens so that we can get Mom a Mother's Day card? Yes, of course I would, and I forgot, so I'll get her a card too while I'm, while I'm there. <laughs> Dad, hey, listen, I know I'm only 10 years old, but could I have the keys to the car? I'm ready for this. I really am. I've watched lots of people on TV drive cars, and I'm ready for this. And plus, my friends need a ride to the ball game, so could I please have the keys to the car? Uh, no, no, you can't. Uh, you can't. I, I love them tenderly and lavishly and powerfully, but I'm not, I'm not going to give them the keys to the car. And so Jesus says, if you ask in my name according to my will, then God will answer the prayers. And then he said, but he says, sometimes you ask because you have the wrong motive. So part of this prayer is understanding uh, as best we can. It, it, is, it is having this relationship with our Creator so intimate that we, we already know a little bit even before we ask what He wants of us. And then we can pray boldly. The Bible says in Hebrews, come before the throne of God with confidence. And so we're supposed to pray, Lord, I, I know it sounds crazy, but you invited me here in Jesus' name. And even though I'm not really worthy to come and stand before your throne, here I am in confidence. My knees are bowed and my my, my knees are bent, my head is bowed, but my heart is, is confident, not because of me, but because you've invited me. And so now I'm, it sounds really brazen, but I'm going to ask you for what we call down here a miracle. And mind you, it's because you've invited me. So he says, when we, when we pray, we're supposed to pray boldly, but we're also, of course, under, to understand what, what is the nature, the heart, the thoughts of God, so that we know, we kind of know what he wants for us and what to ask for. I'm going to give you this morning three prayers, I, I believe, with all my heart, because of the Bible, I believe these are prayers that your Creator wants you to pray. Number one, would you pray for those people who are wandering, who are prodigal? Would you pray for those people who are far from God? Would you pray for those who are without hope and without God in the world? Why do I know that's a good prayer? Because, the Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 9, 
The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but wanting everyone to come to repentance. So I know it's a good prayer for us to pray for people because He doesn't want anyone to perish. In Revelation 3.20 is that beautiful image of Jesus where He says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. He doesn't barge in. So Jesus is a gentleman and he doesn't barge in. And so he's given us a free will, meaning that that everybody has the the ability to choose the course of his or her life and to make his or her own decisions. And God will not override his or her free will. But you can pray for people. Lord, if you're knocking, would you just keep knocking? Would you you knock a little louder? Would you sound the alarm? Would you ring the doorbell? Would you send someone into his or her life? Would you influence them? Would you love on them? Would you woo them? He will not override their will, but we can pray for those who are wandering that God will influence and love them and woo them. In Ezekiel 20, there's that, another sad story of the people of Israel who have wandered, and God is brokenhearted, and, and, the, and the, the consequences of their sins are dire. And in chapter 20 of Ezekiel, verse 33, he says, I looked for someone to stand in the gap for my sinful people and I found no one. I I don't understand the ways of God. But he was looking for someone to stand out, step out in that gap between his people and himself and plead for these people as Moses sometimes did. And no one did. I, I don't understand why God waits on us to ask for the exercise of his power before he exercises it. But he somehow does. And so would you step out in that in that gap between the person who has wandered and the one from whom they've wandered, and would you plead on behalf of the one who's prodigal? So the first prayer, let's, let's pray. God is not willing for anyone to perish, so let's pray for those who are in danger of perishing either here or forever. The second thing, pray for forgiveness. And I know God wants you to pray for that because the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's fair to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And of course, that forgiveness is a gift of grace, God's unconditional, undeserved, unlimited, unrelenting love. But be careful, grace is not to be abused or exploited or taken advantage of. So, God God doesn't want us just to do whatever we want and think, oh, I can do this because I know he's going to forgive me, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Let me give you an example of that. We're having trouble with our dog, Gracie. We're having trouble with Gracie. We've only had her. She's only a year old. uh, Last summer, she was just a few weeks old. We took her to obedience class. And there's really a graduation. You're supposed to do so many things, but she barely graduated. And I'm not kidding. She barely graduated. We're we're working on two commands for Gracie. Come and drop it. So we'll we'll practice. I get in the backyard and I'll I'll have little treats in my pocket and I'll say, come. And when she comes, I give her a treat. She's doing pretty well with the come. The other one is drop it. She, She has a bad habit of crawling up in my chair and getting my pens or my highlighters or a piece of paper or whatever and runs, or it could be something else, it could be a a dish rag or something, but she'll run up under the dining room table and she'll chew on whatever she has. So we're teaching her the command, drop it. And when she drops it, we give her a treat. And she knows where the treats are, of course. So when she drops it, we'll we'll, uh, 
We're all good, Gracie. We go in a tree and we run over and we give her a treat. Well, here's the problem. She's on to us. She has figured this out. The Bible says in Romans 6, verse 1, shall we continue to sin so that grace may increase? Certainly not. I keep repeating that to Gracie. Do we continue to sin? Because here's the deal. She'll, now she grabs stuff and then she comes and drops it in front of us, sometimes in dramatic fashion. And you can see her looking up like, I have sinned. Where's the grace? I know where you keep it. It's, it's right over there. I keep telling her, Romans 6, 1, shall we continue to sin so that grace may increase? Certainly not, but she's not paying attention. Don't be like Gracie. That's the point. God doesn't intend on us to be intentionally rebellious and then saying, oh, I can do whatever I want to do because God's going to forgive me. God knows your heart. Don't mess with the creator of the universe. However, and it is a big however, if you're hurting, if you're ashamed if you're lamenting, regretting the sin of the past, then pray for forgiveness. Last week on the, our TV broadcast, uh, the pre-program thing, I told the story of, well, how in, in some ancient cultures, if someone committed a murder, they would, they would strap the body, the dead body and the decaying body of the one who was killed to the back of the murderer, and that murderer would have to carry that body around. So he had to sleep with it on his back, to eat with it on his back. He'd have a conversation with people, and there's that, there's that body. Um, some of us may be dragging around something as burdensome as that. But God is faithful and fair to forgive us our sins and take the, take the burden. Not, doesn't, doesn't always erase the consequences, but, but the Bible says in Hebrews to clear our consciences to take the burden away. So I know God wants you to pray for forgiveness. Third, so, so pray for forgiveness and pray for those who are wandering, but third, pray for those who make you mad when you see them on the news. We are so divided as a country, are we not? Republican, Democrat. Stay at home because of COVID-19. Open up because of COVID-19. Relocate the monument. Keep the monument. So now whenever we look on the news, most of us get mad at somebody. Whatever side of those positions we're on. Why do I know that's a good prayer? Because uh, the Bible says in Luke 6, Jesus said in this very Sermon on the Mount, He said, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. So when you turn on the news and you get mad at somebody, whoever that somebody is, it would be so liberating for you and for me to pray that God would bless them we could learn a lesson from Ruby Bridges. Ruby was six years old. It was November the 14th, 1960. Ruby was a, a six-year-old African-American girl. The judge in New Orleans had just issued a desegregation order. And federal marshals walked Ruby Bridges into the William France Elementary School in New Orleans, the first African-American girl to go to that school. 
The marshals had to walk her because she had to walk through the crowds of white protesters who were protesting the fact that she was going to school there. There was a doctor, Dr. Coles, C-O-L-E-S, a child psychiatrist in New Orleans who just by chance had just begun a study of stress among children. And he thought if any child ever has experienced stress, it's Ruby Bridges having to walk through that crowd every day escorted by federal marshals to school. So he interviewed her teachers, he interviewed her parents, and they all said the same thing. Ruby does not seem stressed. In fact, his teachers, her teachers said, when she walks through the crowd, she seems to be talking to them. Well, Dr. Coles interviewed her. And sure enough, she was, she was just as cool as a cucumber. And he said, I'm told that you are talking to the crowd when you, when you walk through them. What are you saying to them? She said, I'm not talking to them. I'm praying for them. What, what do you pray for, he asked her. Please, God, try to forgive these people because even if they say those bad things, they don't know what they're doing. So you can forgive them just like you did those folks a long time ago when they said terrible things about you. Some of us are carrying around... I mean, when I say us, I mean our nation. We're carrying around bitterness and... And we need to be liberated from that bitterness. And one way to, to get liberated is to pray, God, would you bless those who make me mad when I see them on television? So we pray for people who've wandered. We pray for forgiveness. We pray for those who are on the opposite end of, or the opposite side of whatever the issue is that we're so upset about. And finally, uh, don't stop praying, even when your prayers seem unanswered. Why, is that, why do I know that? Because Jesus, the Bible says in Luke 18, 1, and he, Jesus, told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. And then Jesus followed with a parable about a woman who kept nagging the judge until the judge finally gave her justice. And the point is, don't quit when you, don't lose heart when your prayers seem unanswered. unanswered. Don't quit, don't give up, don't quit praying. Over UAB, the, the medical school is right over, just down the road, down Governor's Drive. A few years ago, we helped launch a, a ministry to the residents and the medical students there. Some of, uh, some of you have been involved in that. Uh, Joseph and Kathy Hicks have, and um, Bill and Karen Crouch have physicians. These are f Christian physicians who are befriending and discipling medical students just down the street. When we launched that uh, three or four years ago, Betty Lunsford, our own Betty Lunsford, said to me, I've been praying for this for 25 years. We sat with Fran Fuller, Justin and Tanya Kelly. We, we sat it on, airport, on Airport Road there in, in Panera. Fran runs Manor House, and we shared with her our dream of, of not only ministry to the homeless, but a church among the homeless that would meet there in Manor House. Fran said, I've been praying for this for 15 years. 
In the late 1970s, I met Dutton and Marilyn Bonnell. The Bonnells were missionaries to Benin, a small country in West Africa. They were um, two of those who inspired me as a, as a young man. My friend Mike Drummond um, went and spent a semester with them in 1980 with the Bonnells in Benin. He worked with them as a semester missionary. And um, we had not seen Mike and his wife Carol for years until last summer. We were over, some of you know the Mims, we're at the Mims Lake House, and Mike and Carol were there. And so Mike and I were reminiscing and started talking about the Bonnells, those missionaries. Mike told me something I didn't know. He said, you know, after their career, they, they ended their career with 12 converts. 12. An entire missionary career. So people, you know, would ask them, how many people were saved because of your ministry? 12. Not a very impressive number. 12 young men uh, was all they could count. But then Mike said, after the Bonnells retired, there was a, a spiritual awakening, a Christian revival that swept across the nation of Benin, and hundreds and hundreds of people came to know Jesus. He said, you know who led that, uh, that spiritual awakening? Those 12 young men. I said, please tell me that the Bonnells lived long enough to see that. They did he said. But we don't always. Sometimes we pray and it seems like, like God's not listening. Some of us don't live to see the answers to our prayers. But don't stop praying. Jesus promised if we ask, it'll be given to us. If we seek, we'll find. If we Knock, the door will be, be opened. So don't stop. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. At this point, we generally would have a, a hymn of invitation. We're going to have a hymn of reflection. The words are in your worship guide. So when we're finished here, I'm going to hang around down front for those who might want to make a decision. So each of our last two Sundays in the early service, people have stayed uh, to become members of our church. And this morning, a uh, young man came to be baptized. So when all this is over, after, the, after we finish, I'm going to wait here for you if you want to talk about becoming a member of our church, more importantly, the decision to, to follow Jesus.